0: Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Matthew 1, 18 to
1: 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man,
2: Hi friends welcome to the happy hour with jamie Ivey. i'm your host and this month on the happy hour it's all about christmas and so we have created episodes for you surrounding the birth of jesus We're calling this our Characters of Christmas episodes. We're gonna look at all of the characters who were surrounding Jesus' birth. And my prayer and my hope for you as you listen this month is that you will have a deeper understanding and love for the people who were surrounding Jesus during His birth. We're gonna talk about Mary and Joseph and the angels and the wise men and the shepherds. You are going to love Jesus more after hearing about all of the amazing people that were surrounding His birth. Here we go. Ross Lester, welcome back to the happy hour. Thank you, Jamie. Well, it's um, always a joy to have you on. This is only your second time. I say always, but we need to remedy that and get you more on here. Um, You are pastor at my church. I should call you Pastor Ross or Pastor Lester. Does anyone at our church call you Brother Ross?
1: Um. Yes. Yeah, sometimes. Um. Occasionally. In some of our other congregations. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Aaron grew up in a super conservative. His dad was a pastor of a uh, fundamental Baptist church. Uh huh. So take that with what you want. And it was always brother, like brother Ivy, brother this, brother thing. And so I think it's interesting. But
1: I, I love the impulse behind that. You know, um, <laughs> it's the, the actual. Outworking of it sounds a a bit cringy, but I love the impulse.
2: I know. Ross, we're in our second week talking about the characters of Christmas, and we did an episode last year with Dan Darling, like I've mentioned in uh, the last week's episode about Mary, and it really got me thinking, like, what if we spent a little more time this year really talking through the different characters? And so I invited you, and you so graciously said yes. And so really, with every conversation that we're having over these next five episodes, um, four after this one, is really just... These same three questions, and I think these questions are important for all of us. And so, the first question I want to ask you about Joseph is: How does Joseph point us back to Jesus?
1: I mean, Joseph is such a fascinating character. Um, you know, he's he's quite overlooked. If you think about your your typical nativity scene, even uh-huh. we're not really sure what to do with Joseph. Uh, <laughs> oh, is he a
2: wise man or is he a shepherd? Like you yeah, don't even yeah, like, know. You don't
1: know. And there's lots of debates about like was he much older? Was he also young like Mary? They're not really sure. And he isn't mentioned that much. So he Mm. gets quite a lot of coverage in the early parts of Matthew and Luke. And then um, the last time he's mentioned is when Jesus is 12, and then he isn't mentioned again. And So um, lots of people think that he died um, when Jesus was young. Um, And so he's this fascinating character. We're we're, we're not quite sure, but when we do encounter him, he's so interesting. Um, And we learn a lot about Christ from him. Uh, uh, The scriptures refer to him as a righteous man. Um, so he, he takes the law of God seriously, right? And so he's wanting to honor God and obey him. But I love that um, he's betrothed to Mary, right? Which is like the ancient uh, act of engagement, mm-hmm. which was covenantal. So you were in covenant before the actual wedding. So he's engaged to her, so he's promised to be with her. And she comes to him and she's like, I'm pregnant. Um, and can you just imagine in that society, an honor and change society, mm-hmm. Um, where he would have been fully entitled to just put her before the court, where she would have legitimately been stoned to death publicly. Um, at, you know, at, or, at, and even if they were full of grace, she would have been tarnished for the rest mm. of her life. But Joseph is so Christ-like. He actually foreshadows the moment that, that Jesus is going to live out in John 8 um, when he refuses to condemn the woman caught in adultery. He decides, even before the angel speaks to him, oh, no, he's just going to divorce her quietly. Mm. Now, I always thought that phrase sounded harsh because I've got my modern understanding of divorce in my head. Yeah. Um, But what that means is he actually wanted to release her, uh, didn't want her to be publicly shamed, and actually wanted to give her an opportunity to rebuild her life. So he was going to give her a decree of divorce so she'd be eligible for remarriage one day. And just the way he protects a vulnerable young Mm. teenage girl who would have been seen as extremely shamed, um in the culture is amazing to me. Just his gentleness with Mary um, is incredible. Um, and then he models, you know, Christ later on when he's just flat out obedient, you know. So the, the angel appears to him and says, no, actually, <laughs> it was the Holy Spirit. Because can you imagine, your girlfriend comes to you and says, I'm pregnant, but I promise. <laughs> <laughs> right. I swear. Yeah. In Facebook. You're like, uh-huh. sure. Okay, right. I've heard some stuff in, yeah. in religious circles, but this is a first, right? Yeah. Um, And so he's struggling to come to terms with that. But then the angel confirms, like, no, it's legit. And he believes the Mm. angel. And he takes on a role of being an adoptive father to the Christ, Mm. um, which, I mean, what a thing to to just say, okay, I'll sign up for that responsibility.
2: You know, I've never thought about, Ross, until just in this moment as you're talking, is one of my favorite stories and thing that we see about Jesus' life is from John 8. And Uh um, just this picture of the vulnerability of this woman before the crowds, before the Christ, before the Pharisees, before all the lawmakers, everything. Her vulnerability is just – I've never, ever had a moment like that, and I don't think I will. I mean, you know, it's just like we don't live in a society that's based like that. But I've never, ever thought about how Joseph had not the same authority as Jesus, obviously, but he had authority – To really ruin her. I knew that, but I've never thought about it in like mirroring that with John 8. Mm. That is really, really, really. Like it makes me think, Joseph, you really were a faithful, righteous man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So when the scripture is describing as righteous, it's not just... In, in the letter of the law, but in the spirit of the law too, right? Mm. Like he's keeping the law for what it's supposed to be, which is supposed to be about mercy. So it's just amazing. I love it.
2: Which, I mean, listen, if we're going to think about it, God's deciding who's going to be the parents of the Christ. <laughs> like it does make sense that he's like, I'm going to find a righteous man, you know, to, to, to raise up. But it is such an example. Uh, the second question that I want to ask, and that as we talk about all of these characters is, a lot of times we look at people in the Bible and, and think to ourselves, like, what do we see about God's character through this person's mm-hmm. life and how do they exemplify that? I know we talked about him being his righteous and stuff, but mm-hmm. what do we see about God's character even in his like participation and his part of being, like you said, the adoptive father of Jesus?
1: Yeah, I mean, just just what he signs up for. Mm -hmm. You know so he signs up for taking on a child that's not his and then signs up for the danger that 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 jesus is in early in his life when herod uh, speaks that edict right Mm -hmm. so he has to move his whole family to egypt so now he's he's moving a young family um that ordinarily in the flesh he shouldn't actually be responsible for you know to to north africa Mm -hmm. and has to live there and rebuild a life there in a society that was very local um you stayed in your same village now he emigrates um, in order to protect this young boy, mm. uproots his life, um, and then comes back when the angel says it's okay. Um, and then just his humility, uh, Jamie, just the fact that he doesn't center himself in the story is yeah. so so amazing to me. It's uh, the fact that he's almost kind of prepared to be a footnote mm. in the story. or he, he knows who he's not, and he knows who Jesus is. Um, and he's kind of so willing to get out the way. Now, that's obviously not a a pure god imitation Mm -hmm. in that quality because god centers himself in worship and rightly so but that humility and that um security in who he is Mm -hmm. is something that i think must have been breathed into him by the spirit
2: during the holiday season we all spend time and effort finding the perfect present for our family members nothing beats seeing your kid's face light up when they open a gift from you I want to tell you about Irma, a woman in Colombia who wanted so desperately, as every parent does, to make her daughter's Christmas memorable, but she didn't have the money. Then Compassion stepped in. Irma's daughter is now sponsored through Compassion International, and that sponsorship is a huge answer to prayer. Compassion works through the local church to provide food, clean water, education, medical attention, and above all else, Jesus. The church makes sure there are gifts for every child and that each child learns the true reason for the season. What's more, Compassion cares for the whole family year-round. We need you to sponsor one more child today. For only $38 a month, you can make a huge difference. Will you help a mother provide for her family this Christmas? Go to Compassion.com slash Ivy Media to sponsor That's our company that makes the happy hour, Ivy Media. Go to compassion.com slash I-V-E-Y media. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences You know, there's a lot of things that um, we don't know about Jesus' life. Like, you know, we, we, we see his birth, and then what you just talked about, that they were refugees, and then we see him at, like, 12. And then it's, like, silence, like radio silence yeah. until he's, like, you know, comes out t- t- to start his ministry. And um I was reading a book recently and they talked about those years, like those years yeah. of Jesus just living an ordinary life. Like there's so much that is done in our hearts in these ordinary spaces and ordinary times this ordinary life. But also you and I are both parents. Um, you and I both have sons. And I often <laughs> sometimes wonder what was the home dynamic? And I don't know if these things, if you ever think about these things, but like, what was it like to be Jesus' dad? Like, yeah. I just think, I mean, sometimes I struggle with like, okay, all the other kids have cooler parents, you know, like, okay, guys, like, listen, I know she's a cool mom, right? But then it's like, oh, wait, I am the dad to like, the Savior, the one we've been waiting for. I I, I literally, I know you don't have an answer for me. I'm just like, have you thought about I that? About
1: it, I think about it all the time, Jamie, uh, from a couple of perspectives. The one is the incident that we have in Luke of when Jesus is 12 and that, they they leave town and he stays behind right mm-hmm. and he goes to the temple and they have to trek back a couple of days and mary calls jesus up she's like why would you treat your father she actually says it's your father pointing to joseph mm-hmm. and i like this and jesus is like uh i'm actually serving my real father and joseph doesn't object he's just like mm-hmm.
2: yep yes yes you're
1: right <laughs> I mean, that must be such a humbling moment, right? Yeah. And then I think about the the home life of Jesus. Imagine being his sibling. Right. right? <laughs> he never sins. So every time there's a dispute, I mean, it must be like eye roll after eye roll, because they're like, let me guess, it's not Jesus. Right, right? exactly. It, it never is. So <laughs> it must have been such a fascinating dynamic. And then just that Jesus sees fit to engage in his father's trade, you know, a carpenter or you know, a construction worker probably, we're not really sure of the terminology, mm-hmm. but he works with his hands. And uh he trains Jesus how to do that for, mm. you know, more than a decade. And just the quiet moments they must have had in the in the woodshop, just shaping stuff, building stuff for unreasonable clients, just hours together. Um, yeah, It must have been so much of that. It's fascinating.
2: I wonder, I've never thought about it till just now, but I wonder in those moments when they're building stuff, if Jesus was all, ever like... Joseph or Dad, whatever you want to call him. I don't know. Dad, I'm gonna let you tell you a couple of secrets. Like I'm gonna tell you some things that like nobody knows. Like, I don't know. I'm just that's probably not how things went down. But it is fun to probably think about. Not, not. No, probably not. Um, but it is very, very, very fascinating and um to think yeah. about the kids' role in raising up jesus and and, the, and that god chose him as we're ta- as we're moving into christmas and we're and we're walking through advent and we're really like celebrating and observing this kind of waiting and anticipation um to celebrate the birth of jesus um how does remembering joseph how does it reorient our heart towards remembering jesus as we anticipate um celebrating that
1: i was thinking about this this morning uh jamie and it sounds cliche but i think it roots the story of Jesus' birth back in its earthiness, and its pretty mm-hmm. humanness, mm-hmm. right? So, so we can make Christmas through kind of the trappings of the season quite um, abstract and ethereal and hyper-spiritualized. And of course, it's got so much spiritual significance, right, for the, for the cosmos. Mm-hmm. But it's also a very human story with very real people. And I think Joseph's story, I mean, his life just gets turned on its head. Yeah. He's got a good plan. He's got a young woman that he's betrothed to. And then suddenly, you know, he's taking on this, this universe-shifting reality. But he's doing that still fully human, as mm. in this very human element. And what that must have been like for him, and his fears, and his insecurities, and his doubts, and his, maybe his anger, this is not what he planned. Yeah. Um, and the scripture just leaves that all unsaid. Mm. But I don't think he escapes that. So for me, it just it reminds me of the earthiness, of the humanity, of the incarnation story. Just that God could have brought Jesus into the world anyway, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact that he still actually roots him in a family yeah. and makes him have parents and brothers and sisters, huh? unbelievable. Um, he doesn't get to escape any of that. Mm-hmm. And that's, I was just reminded of that this morning.
2: And sometimes around the holidays, those are some of our hardest things. our our family. You know what I mean? Like so many people think this is the hardest part of the holidays. I have to see my family. Um, And there would have been those same same dynamics. I, for me, I think about this. And like you said, um, I don't know if this is a question I've never thought about and I'll just throw it out. I don't know if some people struggle with seeing Jesus as, as more human and more God. You know, like you're like yeah. kind of lean towards one or the other and, and you're reading and you're observing and you're teaching whatever it might be like. I love, 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 love when I see instances of Jesus' humanity in the scriptures. Yeah. Yeah. he was hungry that he he rested yeah. he slept it's like oh those things things right. happened to me um but and that's like you said about joseph it just reminds us that god chose a very righteous man obviously to be his father and they still struggled with some of the same things that we struggle with of course they did yeah. uh today um it's beautiful no one,
1: no one gets to escape the human experience you know the only way is through it and jesus came and impressed himself it's amazing
2: which is like amazing that he would do i mean you know like it's a hard experience. Like, humanity is not easy. And so <laughs> to say I'm going to willfully choose this way um, to, wake up, to make a way for people to come back to God is... Yeah, it's wild. It's really wild. It really is. Mm. Um, Ross, thank you for talking about Joseph with me. I really appreciate it. And we talked in the Advent series uh, with David Taylor, and we talked about their... Um, Advent prayer cards that they have. And they have one specifically on Joseph. And mm. um, I think I'd like to read the prayer for everyone that's listening. Here I love we go. That. Oh, Father, you who grace Joseph to be a father to your son, grace us also to be fathers and mothers to the fatherless and motherless, sons and daughters to the childless, adopted brothers and sisters to the lonely, aunts and uncles and cousins and grandparents to all who are without kin, so that we might become healing agents of your family love this day.
0: Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for
3: 50% off. Hey, parents. Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list, teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, And get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast. Um,
1: That's beautiful.
3: So beautiful.
2: Thank you, David, for that. Ross, I would love to hear from you and a little update since you were here last time. Um, you guys, I'm going to put the link to the time Ross was with us before in the show notes, so go check that out. We had a, a real lighthearted discussion last time you were here. I mean, it was just a big old laugh party. Uh, actually, we talked about Christian nationalism, and so that's exciting. Um but you've started a blog and I know the origins of where this started, but I would love to hear you talk about what your hope and desire is for this writing that you get it to put out into the, into the universe.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Jamie. Uh, yeah. So I started a blog called the resident aliens and you can find it at theresidentaliens.com. And, it's kind of a, a little nod to my immigration status so i'm not from around here um i'm a green card holder so a resident alien is my official legal status in the united states and i take that very seriously with its um, rights and responsibilities as someone who's not from here but who wants to make this place as good as it can be and i think that that's actually a great posture mm. um, for kingdom citizens uh in, in living the christian life right we're we're not from here uh, it ultimately isn't our home, uh, but we have rights and responsibilities that, we're, that we need to live out as people who are like peculiarly alien from somewhere else, um, but faithfully resident, loving the people around them that God has entrusted to our care. So it's basically my pastoral musings. So the things that uh, enter into my mostly dysfunctional brain, I like to just write them down and put them out to the world.
2: And this started, I mean, you've been doing this for your own congregation. Is this, is this the same or different?
1: This is like an extension. So every okay. Thursday, I write um, a pastoral letter to the congregation. It's just one of the ways that we make a large church feel small. And um, so I just write a devotional letter to our congregation every Thursday. So those will be one of the things that are uh, that are featured on the blog. That they'll come out there every Friday morning um, because uh, I want our people in the church to, to read them first. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just a way for a pastor to speak to a congregation, calling them to stay stay faithful in the Christian walk.
2: Well, I, you know, have said this publicly when you were here before, and I say it to people all the time, I'm so grateful for you and Sue at our church and your family and what you brought to the Austin Stone. Um, I think you've been one of the best fresh heirs that we've had in a long time. And so it's a privilege to send out your teaching. I'm really grateful for that. Um, and this, all that to say, you guys, you, you want to sign up for this because you don't have to live in Austin for this. This is like for like followers of Jesus and how that we make the world that we're in um, better and see Jesus more. Yes. Okay, Ross, I'd love to hear from you. What are you reading these days?
1: Jamie wants to
0: know. Jamie wants to know. We want to know what you're reading.
1: Um, I just finished reading a book that really, really impacted me. Uh, It's a novel called Leaving Ruin, R-U-I-N. I I know my accent's challenging, but it's by Jeff Berryman um, and it's it was recommended uh, by Eugene Peterson in one of his letters to his son um, as a beautiful um, novel about a pastor in Texas. And so I was like, well, that sounds West uh, Texas, mighty, right? familiar. West Texas, right? Yeah, it is West Texas. And uh, it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's so well written. And I enjoyed it a lot. So You must have told
2: Aaron about it because it's on our coffee I, table uh, at our house. I think I, he's reading I, it as well.
1: I did i told him to go order it and uh, i knew how much he cares about west texas so yep. um, i thought he he'd enjoy that and then i'm reading a book about my hometown uh johannesburg uh, by a writer called ivan Vladislavich, and it's called a portrait with keys and it's a series of essays about johannesburg so that's nerd stuff but it's beautiful
2: it's nerd stuff you said
1: yeah it's super nerdy because it's like you kind of have to probably have been to johannesburg to understand it. okay that, but it's um uh, he was nominated for a Pulitzer this year. He's a great writer. Um, and, uh, it's actually, actually describes the neighborhood I grew up in. So it's been oh. very nostalgic. Yeah.
2: Well, the only thing I've ever read on, on your country was, um, I texted you when I was reading it. What is his name? Noah uh, Trevor
1: Noah, Trevor
2: Noah's, um, yeah, like guess little memoir S thing, um,
1: uh-huh. uh-huh. which I
2: really appreciated. I actually listened to it. That's my favorite way to listen yeah. to books like that is to yeah. listen to them. um, yeah. And I appreciate it I learned a lot I don't know if it's all true But I learned
1: His story is crazy His story is It's crazy crazy Um, And
2: like uh, really crazy
1: But Yeah his mom is the real hero
2: there That's exactly right That's exactly right Well Ross Thank you so much You guys will put in the show notes um, The last time Ross was on Because I want you to listen to it And then you guys go sign up For the Resident Aliens blog Come in your inbox every Friday Everybody needs something to read On a Friday morning With a cup of coffee That's what I think Totally Yeah Yeah Uh, Ross thanks for coming back on
1: Thanks, Jeremy.
2: Thanks for having me. Friends, what a beautiful episode. And we have ended every episode of our Characters of Christmas um, season with me reading a prayer from one of the cards that we talked about on our Advent episode. And these are cards from David Taylor, and they are from a set called The Light Has Come. If you're interested, we will link them in our show notes. You've been listening to music from Austin Stone Worship's newest Christmas album entitled Christmas Music. You can find this music wherever you listen to music. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're going to want to go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts. Executive produced by Jamie Ivy, Produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Edited by Angie Elkins. Show notes by Ashley Minor. Art by Jen Jet Barrett. Original music by Matt Graham. And I'm your host, Jamie. Have a happy hour with a friend.